All men are created equal. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And the future of the freedom-loving media is in your hands. Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show exclusive to the Blaze, where you come for the accent, but you stay for the principle. And today we're going to talk about a very, very critical principle. It's a foundational principle. It's in Christianity. It's what makes America unique, exceptional. It's so critical to understanding the idea of America that your founders spoke about this principle before they spoke about the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What is this principle? Well, it's five simple little words, all very short, very simple, but direct and to the point. That principle is all men are created equal. This is a timeless principle. It's in your foundational founding. It's in the Declaration of Independence. It's continued all the way through the Constitution. It's in Christianity. And if you want to understand me, who I am, and my philosophy, it's absolutely critical you understand those five little words and you actually think about them. Not modern-day equality that you hear liberals and Republicans talking about, but I mean real equality, that we are created equal. I want to talk to you about that today because it's important that we actually break down the principles of the day and actually build upon something solid. Because today I find so many arguments are not built on anything solid. They're not built on a self-evident truth. They're not built on a principle. They're built on the quicksand of politics. They're built on the quicksand of winning. And in a lot of cases, they're built on the quicksand of feeling good. So why is this principle absolutely critical to understanding America, the idea? Why is it so important to understand this? Why is it my foundational stone that every argument comes back to? Because, see, we can talk about speech. We can talk about self-defense. We can talk to be the right to be, you know, safe and secure in your property and your persons. We can talk about due process. We can talk about all of these. But it all comes back to the fundamental principle of all men are created equal. This is a uniquely Christian principle as well. It's a Judeo-Christian principle because in Judeo-Christianity, we talk about we're all God's children. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all on the same level. And we will be judged, not by who we are, but by our fruits. That's how you shall know them. The Declaration of Independence, your founders talked about self-evident truths that were self-evident to all, that were so critical, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or the original writing, life, liberty, and property. Before that, they spoke about all men being created equal and endowed by their creator. This is unique. Now, has America, in truth, ever really reached this? No. 
There's always been reasons why America has failed to hit this standard. And if you want to be anti-American, this is where you can say, well, the slave trade and look at all the way women and blah, 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 blah. Here's the truth. America is exceptional on you because while it has never, ever hit that standard, it has never realized that promise that it has given to your current generations and future generations. You're the only nation that ever spoke about it. You're the only nation that calls it a self-evident truth. No other nation talks about it. No other nation talks about how we truly are all created equal. You go back to you know one of the great documents, and it is a great document for the history and for the time. But you look at the Magna Carta, the great document, the Magna Carta, where it speaks about all free men being created equal. That's not equality. That's not all men. That's saying, well, if I'm free and you're free, yeah, we're created equal. We're the same. But if you're, if I'm a free man and you're a slave. We're not equal. We're not on the same page. Look at the world today. Look at how it's judging people. Look at how we act. Look at how we treat each other and how we use labels to say, oh, you're part of the right club or you're part of the right group, but you're not. And we got to tear you down. Look at that. Look at the way you have the gender roles right now. You have modern-day feminists, Marxist feminists, where they're like, you know what, we just hate men. That's not really quality. If you're talking about uh, the plight of women in the workplace and the plight of women historically, and you go, you know what, what we want is a level playing field, and we want everyone. We don't want to pull anyone down. We don't want to pull men down. We don't want to pull the patriarchy down, but what we want to do is we want to empower women to get the same rights as men. I'm all for that. I'll join you. The problem is so many of these movements say, I'm going to tear you down and I'm not going to lift you up. The answer is not tearing others down, tearing ever who's your oppressor down to your level. The answer is encouraging and empowering and inspiring to go, hey, you know that star up there, that invisible glass ring? Go get it. You can do it. There is nothing stopping you. Again, with the class system, everyone, some people don't know how I got this job with the blaze. Simple answer. I rang up Glenn, who I was a big fan of, and I said, hey, Glenn, look, I love you, but please stop using the word middle class. It's in your system. Everyone uses the word middle class. If you have a middle class, then automatically, by default, you have at least an upper class and a lower class. How can you then truly say all men are created equal? How can you say that, well, I'm upper class and he's lower class and I'm middle class, but we're all created equal? That doesn't work. You have a set of rights. All men are created equal. You have a set of rights. Whether we agree on all of them, whether you agree on free speech or not, whether we agree on self-defense or not, whether we agree on the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, whatever amendment. We may disagree on it, but if we agree on the fundamental principle that we're all created equal and that we all have rights, then we can disagree on the rights that we have. But see, this again is where it goes right back to that principle of all men are being created equal. Because let's go through some of them. The fu- why I believe all men are created equal, and why it's my foundational stone, is because how can I truly make this about me? How can I look at someone else in the world and go, hey, you know what? You've got to do something. You've got to act a certain way. You've got to do a certain thing. You've got to say a certain thing or not say a certain thing. How, how can I do that? Listen, 
I am not arrogant enough or, quite honestly, stupid enough to think, hey, you know what? I got this life down, sorted. I don't make mistakes. I know life. I have it down. I have my life so good that I can start telling other people how to live lives. I don't have it down. I I don't have my fate down. I don't have my life down. I don't have my lifestyle down. I don't have my diet down. I'm working on it. But I don't, I'm not in a position where I can go, you know what? I, I know everything. This is how you should live. But then go deeper. Let's delve a bit deeper. If let's say I was stupid or arrogant or cocky enough to say, you know what, I have a right to tell people how to, how to live. Where do I get that right from? Where does that right come from? Your founder spoke about nature's law and nature's God. Where does the right come from me to say, you got to do something. You got to act a certain way. Hey, you know what, that speech, that's, that's not politically correct. You can't say that. Where does that right come from? But let's even go one step further. Whose authority do I have to tell someone that they can't live a certain way? What authority do I have? What authority? All of a sudden, because people would say, well, you know, if you're a politician, you know, the authority you have is the votes. Really? So if, if people all come together and then tell me, you know, I can tell you what to do, that, that's the authority? Does that sound, seem like fundamentally sound to you? What happens if I didn't vote for you? What happens if I didn't vote at all? What happens if I actually voted against you? Do you then still have that authority? Or is there even a higher authority? Does God give me that authority? Does he? Does God give you the authority to tell other people how to live? Is he doesn't me? You know, I always laugh because I, I engage with everyone on social media, you know, and God bless you all. A lot of you message me privately and you have great conversations when it's private one-to-one. You can agree to disagree. You don't have someone jumping in going, ah, you're a moron, you're a schmuck, you're an idiot, you're a liberal. You can actually have conversations as long as you're respectful, of course. But I always have these libertarian friends who go, John, you talk about freedom so much and you're starting to talk about fate now and a lot more and, you know, your God's a tyrant. I'm like, really? Have you read the Bible? You know, I always laugh when people think, you know, God's a tyrant. You know, he had all these rules and you have all these rules and you you have to live this way and you have to live that way and you have to live something else. You read the first chapter of the Bible. It's, it was two rules, two rules. And one of them is fun. Two rules, have sex and don't eat from the tree of good and evil. Not the tree of knowledge, which everyone talks about today. The tree of good and evil. Simple. They, Adam and Eve, in their infinite wisdom or stupidity or fill in the blank, said, you know what, We're gonna, don't worry about it, I'm going to eat from the tree. And then we got free will. But we have free will. God doesn't say we have to love him. He, he does. He says you should. But, you know, if you go, you know what, God doesn't exist, you know, you live. You still got to live your life. You don't get eternity. I'm guessing that's up to him. But, you know, there's a lot of freedom there. But I don't have the authority. God doesn't say, hey, Jonathan, guess what? You can tell other people how to live. And you can compel them to teach them that way. The thing about freedom is, and I see this in so many people, left, right, center, top, bottom, libertarian, Republican, conservative, Democrat, all across the board. There is not one person I have spoke to that does not believe in some form of freedom. Now, it can be a perverted kind of freedom. But they all believe, you all believe in some type of freedom, of free choice. There's a difference, though, with a real freedom and your freedom. You see, everyone is okay, and it's easy to agree with freedoms that you're comfortable with. 
Hey, so if you're a real big person on the Second Amendment, let's say, and you're like, you're very comfortable around guns, and you like guns, and you happen to own a load of guns, it's very easy to go, you know what, I'm okay with guns, everyone can have a gun. I'm okay with it, I love the Second Amendment. Everyone's easy for that. If you happen to be not offended by any speech, and you're like, you know what, I don't mind what you say, go speak it. It's easy to stand for the freedoms that you particularly like. What happens is, and this is why your founders are so important and so critical, was they said self-evident truths. Even freedoms that they were uncomfortable with. You know, saying stuff that, you know, when you first had your first president, George Washington, you know, he was, he was you know, I'm guessing you wouldn't like to see, you know, bad stuff about him, but you get used to it. You have that fundamental right to free speech. It's not George Washington give, didn't give the people that. Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson didn't give the people that. James Madison didn't. It's an enable right. It came from your creator. Freedom is easy to stand for when you're comfortable, when you agree with it. Real freedom, the freedoms of nature's law and nature's God, it means standing for freedom when you're very uncomfortable, when you're actually, you know what, I don't think that's a good idea, but you have a right to do that. I want you to do something for me. I want you to think of the most stupidest thing or maybe even hurtful thing you can think of. I'm going to just give you one. Right? You're going to sell all your belongings. And I, I just happened to come across this story. I remember it was a couple of years old. I want you to sell all your belongings. And you're going to go to Vegas and you're going to put it on Black 7. I don't even know if Black 7 is a color. I don't play roulette. Whatever, so, whatever color 7 is. You're going to put it all on 7. Every freaking penny you own. Right? Do I think that is the most stupidest thing you could do? Absolutely. I think it's stupid. I think it's irresponsible. I think I, I don't know what you're smoking or what you're thinking. I, I, I don't know how to logic and reason that out. Okay, but let's say you're going to do that. Let's say I happen to know you. You're like, John, I've got this great idea. God spoke to me. He said, put it all on seven and I'm doing it. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to try and talk you out of it. But let's say you're so headstrong, you're going, I'm doing this. I don't care what you say. I don't care what my parents say. I don't care what my family says. I Heck, I don't even care what society says. You, you could all get all the fake news media saying I'm the biggest moron and schmuck going. Do I have a right to stop you? Do I have a right and an authority to go, hey, brother, sister, you're doing the most stupidest thing. I'm going to save you from yourself and stop you. No. I think it's stupid. I think it's wrong. It's easy to stand for freedoms that you agree with. It's when they make you uncomfortable. It's when they make you go, do I really have to do it? How many people today actually sit and think about freedoms and go, do I really have to, do I really have to make this argument? The other thing is about freedom is everyone always thinks about your fellow. If you're, let's, let me make this about conservatives, right? If it's easy to talk about rights coming from God when it's about a conservative, they're the easiest things to do. Hey, do I have a right to free speech? Hell yeah, you do. Do you have a right to self-defense? Yep. What we actually need to start doing is putting ourselves in uncomfortable positions and thinking of someone we don't particularly like. By going by your social media, I'm going to pick one name that y'all don't like very much. Hillary Clinton. What you should do is actually think about Hillary Clinton's rights. Because let me give you an example. A meme that I've seen for the last three years is lock her up. She should be in jail. Does Hillary Clinton have a right to due process? Oh, that's a tricky question. Bet you that made you fa- some of you feel uncomfortable. Does she have a right to a fair trial? Does she have a right to a jury of her peers? 
But John, she's guilty. Well, does she have that right? Do you believe in the right that she is innocent until proven guilty? A lot of people on social media, by their actions, go, no, she should be, should be in jail. Lock her up. When you're thinking about freedoms and the principles that you want to stand for, don't think of someone you like. Don't think of yourself. That's easy. Think of someone you really dislike. Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi's really easy to dislike these days. Does she have a right to free speech? Does she have a right to be wrong? Does she have a right to be stupid? When I bring this up, when I bring this foundational principle up, I always get three little attacks or pushbacks. And I want to actually address them up front and with you right now, because you may be having some of the, the same pushbacks in your mind. And they come from different circles. And I think it's very important to understand and be crystal clear about the words that we use. So when I talk about this, this fundamental principle to my friends on the left, I always get the, the same attack. Oh, John, but you're for the free market. You're for all those greedy billionaires and millionaires. You can't be for equality. And let me give you an example of people at the blaze. That might go, you know what, John, you and Glenn are not on, you're not equals. Well, that's true. He's my boss. He owns the company. I'm only a, I'm only a humble podcaster. So technically that is true, but they don't mean it that way. They mean it money wise. John, look at the amount of money in your bank account. Look at the money in Glenn's bank account. You know, Glenn has owned new cars, jets, massive houses. He's owned his own business. You, what, what do you own? Nothing. I don't even own a car. I have a company car. You know, I don't even own a phone. It's a company phone. You know, I, I own an iPad and a computer. Well, hey, I'm great. How wonderful am I? You know? What we don't own, they'll say, well, you're not equal. They'll even go maybe one step further to pull on the emotional heartstrings. They'll go, but John... You, you can't, the equality you talk about doesn't work. Because if you were to have kids, are you telling me they'd be the same equally as Glenn Beck's kids? They wouldn't have the same opportunities. You think you all can go to the same schools? You think you can have the same lifestyle? You're not equals. He's rich. Hate him. You're, you're middle class, maybe. Let's deal with that. Why do we base equality on purely man-made objects? Why has life become so materialistic? Why is life all about just everything that man made and nothing eternal? We don't make things about rights and principles anymore. We make it about things we make. Even the word middle class, it used to mean something. Where you came from, your work ethic, your your standard of living, what, what you expected. Now it's only about a dollar figure. You know, you're middle class. You're rich in some states if you earn more than a quarter of a million dollars a year. In some states, it's $100,000 a year, like Maryland. That's middle class. Or sorry, that's rich. Everything is about money. That's all the objects is. When I talk about equality, I'm not talking about money. Look, I have no aspects of wanting to live Glenn Beck's life. In fact, if you gave me a magic wand tomorrow, or if a little lamp with a genie, and you said, John, rub it, you know, would your first wish be, hey, I'd love to have Glenn Beck's lifestyle? You know what my answer would be? Hell no. Hell no. I don't know any person, if you want Glenn Beck's lifestyle, as someone who's been around Glenn a few times, just trust me on this, you don't want his lifestyle. It may look pretty from the outside, but been constantly around security, having death threats, no, 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 no. Having to worry about your kids, your kids not being able to go on dinner, no, trust me, you don't want it. You don't want that lifestyle. I, I sure as hell don't. I don't want fame or fortune. But everything's about money. 
When I talk about equality, I don't talk about, hey, I have six houses, so you have, or sorry, I have six cars, so you have six cars. And I have two houses. I've one, you know, I have my regular house down in Texas, and I have my, my summer home in Florida. And I maybe have an apartment in New York when I'm on business. And I take six vacations a year. And I have all, you know, a private jet. It's, it's, it's not, that's not equality. When I talk about a real equality that your founder spoke about, I mean equality in front of the law. That, hey, you know what? I can't tell you to shut up. You can't tell me to shut up. You can't compel me not to speak. Hey, you know what? If I want to petition my government, I have that right. Even if you don't like the case I am petitioning it for, I have the right. I have the right. If I am unhappy about something in my community, in my society, in the church, in the government, in life, in the school, I have a right to protest i have a right to assembly i have a right to say hey you know what i'm annoyed about this how about we all go tell those people we're annoyed at them they have that right it doesn't change glenn has that right i have that right you have that right it's the same for everyone so when we talk about equality when i talk about all men being created equal it was a set of values and principles not anything to do with money or class and by the way i feel obligated to say this because you know what the people who came up with these rights weren't poor people it was rich people of the day the bourgeoisie of the day who said you know what you all you poor people that you may look down on that rich look down on hey you have these rights too and fought a revolution over the second one comes from more moderate and centrist and average people who go oh so john i'm listening to hear you talk and you're talking about you don't have the right to tell anyone what to do but so what are you for anarchy no no i'm not for anarchy at all This might be the first time you've heard me say this on this show, so get ready for this. This might shock you. You've never heard me say this before. I'm for the Constitution of the United States. Because everyone talks about government as this great giver of rights. This is the other reason of the many reasons why you're different, exceptional, and unique. It's because you did not set up government to tell people what to do. You did not force people and compel people to act a certain way. No, your government was not set up to give rights or to compel you to act a certain way. Your government was set up to protect your rights. It's another reason you are different to the rest of the world. Where the rest of the world talks about power, we do this all in our lives as well. How many people today want power? They want control. Whether it's in a little social group, whether it's in a company, whether it's in politics... Everyone's jockeying for power and control. Your founders didn't speak about power and control. They actually limited the power and control. They spoke a hell of a lot about responsibility, though. I believe in the federal. I believe in federalism. I believe in the Constitution, where it says, "You know what? We'll talk about freedom. We'll talk about limited government. But our job as government is to protect your rights, to ensure not the government or anyone else infringes upon your rights. That is why you're different." And then we go to all, I'm covering all spectrums today. I hear my friends in the libertarian circle going, well, I'm listening to you talk about all men being created equal, John, but gee, you know, when it comes to libertarian, you know, bills of, you know, criminal justice reform, I don't see you talking very much. How come you're talking about all men being created equal and you don't have the right to infringe on other people's rights, but, you know, you're okay with, I've heard you talk about being okay with the death penalty in the past. You're okay with taking people's rights away when it suits you. You're a bit of a hypocrite. Okay, so let me address that. Look, criminal justice reform is something that in some ways needs to happen. 
they're of on both sides and not what you hear from liberal talking points. I actually believe there should be some changes to the law, which we'll discuss down the road. But also there should be harsher sentences for a lot of these cases as well. Look, if you're a 16-year-old and you've got a bit of pot in your pocket, do I think you should go to jail? No. I, there has to be a discussion over what you do, which we're going to get to in the next segment partly as well. But if you're a murderer, do I think you sh- and a serial murderer, do you think you should be out in 25 years? No. So it works both ways. But taking someone else's life, I believe in a civil society. I believe that you should not infringe on other people's rights. I don't believe in Darwinism and the survival of the fittest. I believe if you have a right to protect yourself, I believe you should be empowered to do everything you can to live your life a certain way. But I also believe that if you can't do it, if you can't protect yourself, that society should be able to jump in and help you. That, you know, there should be a police system. There should be a court system to ensure people don't infringe on your rights. And there should be a preventive that says, you know what? Guess what? If you murder someone, this is the penalty. This is the, the, the consequences. If you rape someone and infringe a woman or a man because you raped them, there should be serious consequences. It's not, well, oh well. These are the questions we need to have. And everything I spoke about just there, and everything I want to speak about for the rest of this show, will all boil down to all men are created equal. Do you fundamentally believe that? Not monetarily, but principally. Principles and the standard of living. And this is where we're going to change gears just slightly, but it's still relevant to all men are created equal. A fundamental principle. Just because you can do something does not mean you should do something. So we just spoke about drugs. Right, we're going to talk about drugs on a future show. I've I've been doing some prep on it, but just briefly. Look, do I believe government should compel you that to say you can't act a certain way? No. Do I believe you should be able to drink? Yes. Do I believe you should be able to drink to excess? Yes. You should have that right. Should you have the right to take drugs? Yes. Should you have the right to smoke? Yes. Should you have the right to gamble? Yes. Is there anything you can do that the government, to yourself, where you don't infringe on other people's rights, that says, you know what, you shouldn't do that? No. Why? Fundamental principle. I don't have the right to tell you how to live your life. Unless you're infringing on other someone else's rights, like raping someone, murdering someone, assaulting someone, robbing someone, just leave people alone. I don't think I have the right. And even let's not make this about government, I'll make this about me. I'm not comfortable telling other people how to live. Yeah, Even, I, even if you just make this about me and Christianity, I'm not comfortable telling other Christians how to live the life. I can tell you what's in the Bible, you may agree or disagree, but I'm not telling you how to live, and I sure as hell ain't going to compel you. I don't know where people got it in the Bible that all of a sudden, you know, we can compel people to live a certain way. I never I never understood that about Christians, about a lot of my fellow Christians. Just don't get it. We can encourage you, we can inspire you, we can try and educate you, but compel you? No. No, absolutely not. However... On the flip side of it, 
You will never, as someone who has worked with people who have been on drugs in charities and seen the impact on families, there is no way you can ever sit to me going, you know what, John, drugs are a good thing. Drugs are okay. I'm not, I, I don't agree with you. I may agree with your, the right of saying, hey, you, government can't stop you, but I'm not going to be encouraging you. I'm not going to be the person go, hey, man, just have a, you know, have a split. It's good for you. Do you good. to put hairs in your chest, man. It'd be all good. That's not me. Sorry. I'm drug free. Always have been. Always will be. Likewise, I see it in the gym on a lesser, not, not drugs, drugs, but steroids. I'm in a gym. I'm working my ass off. If, if you follow me on social media, you've seen some of the pictures. I'm trying to get fitter. I'm trying to get lose weight, but I'm also trying to, I'm trying to get my arms back. I'm trying to lift a lot of weights. Everything I do is all me. Whether I succeed or fail, it's going to be all me. All me. And when I do succeed, because I will succeed, failure is not an option for me. I will look at myself. I'll look at myself how I am now, but where I am in the future and go, that is all me. That was my blood, my tears, my sacrifices, my sweat, my agony, never giving up. There are people in the gym who take steroids. You see them. It's clearly obvious they do. They're taking a shortcut. Do I think it's silly? Sure. Do I think it's potentially health dangerous? Yep. Because you're never sure what's in those steroids. Do I think they should be compelled not to? Unless they're entering, if they're entering competitions, yes. Well, it's a competition issue. That is not from the government. That's from the, the state body or the, the body of bodybuilding and powerlifting. Because it's cheating. But otherwise, no. Should it be illegal? No. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Another example is speech. You know, I see all my friends, uh, some of my friends are just on this big freedom movement at the minute. And it's not a real freedom movement. It's just, it's become popular. You know what, screw PC. I'm not for politically correct speech. You can say anything you want. Am I for compelling speech? No. Am I saying you can't say anything? No. You can say whatever you want. You can joke about whatever you want. On a side point, Kevin Hart, kudos to you, man. I've seen a few interviews with you. Just he's not hosting the Oxers. He's done. And his answers, were I thought, were brilliant. Stood up to people. Fair play to him. But should you be compelled to ever not say anything? No. You're talking to someone who, if I don't know, many of you probably don't know this guy, Billy Connolly. He was a Scottish comedian. I remember Christian's going outraged, this is decades ago, where he did a, the Last Supper comedy routine. It's funny. Should he joke about that? As you know, as a Christian, I would say, maybe not. Not the healthiest thing. But it was funny. But you know what? I'm not going to say you can't say that. But does it mean you should? I see people going, you know, I can say whatever I want. So, you know, I can say, screw you. I can say, do whatever. I see social media going, hey, I should be allowed to say what I want. Yeah, you should, but does that mean you should? Does that mean you should be able to speak a certain way? The reason I bring this up is because of, if you take all the aspects of the American Revolution, the founding fathers, the ideas that they stood for, and transport it to any other country, there's a good chance it doesn't work. It's not just, hey, copy and replicate in every country, and every country is America again. It doesn't work that way. What you have to understand is there is a key part of society that made America, America. Made America unique. There's a reason America succeeded while other countries failed with their revolutions, where they went off on a bad, bad course. I don't know. There was one around the same time. What was that country? Oh, yeah, France. 
and their revolution. The truth is to have freedom, you have to have two things. You have to have responsibility. Look around that society today. Look around that everyone who talks about freedom, the few people who still talk about real freedom, nature's law, nature's God, there's not many. But look around and see how many people talk about freedom, but also talk about responsibility. Because I draw you back to the Declaration of Independence, where they spoke about altering and changing their government. Everyone wants to say, just drain the swamp. Yeah, Declaration of Independence says you have a right to alter and abolish your government and then institute new government. It's not just about freedom and rights, it's about responsibilities. Likewise, look at all my friends on all sides of the aisle talking about rights today. Everyone talks about their rights. The right on side, I have a a right to bear arms. I have a right to free speech, man. You can't stop it. My friends on the left, yeah, you have a right to contraception. No one wants to talk about responsibilities. That's the first thing you need. And the second thing you need is a civil society. To have both of those, you have to ask yourself one question. Where do morals come from in society? Where do principles come from in society? Where should they come from? Because so many today base morals and principles and values off their party, off their political party. And if that political party shifts, well, then they shift with it. If it shifts further left, they shift with it. If it shifts further right, they shift with it. And it's not based on anything but sand. So many people base it off the media, their favorite talking head in the media. Whether it's talk radio, whether it's the media, whether it's the news, whether it's print media. So many people base it off Hollywood. Well, what I saw in a Hollywood movie, you know, that's a good value. How many people base it off the Bible? I love to hear people say America is a Judeo-Christian nation. True. Is it still? Do you still base your principles off the Bible? There's a reason America was exceptional. There's a reason why your founding fathers and your Declaration of Independence and Constitution worked. And it didn't work in France. Because there was a set of values. There was a moral compass. There was a code there that underlined and was built into your society, into the fabric of your society, before Thomas Jefferson even taught about writing the Declaration of Independence. It was taught from your pulpits 10, 20, 30 years before. Thomas Jefferson didn't just write the Declaration of Independence and boom, all of a sudden America thought these truths were self-evident. They were self-evident because priests, pastors, religious people, lay people were preaching them, were talking them, were making the persuasive argument that, you know what, all men are created equal. I know there's slaves out there, but you know what, that's wrong. I know there are people out there, there's ruling classes and kings and queens and monarchs. And Roman senates in the history of our world. But that is wrong. Because all men have rights. And I know governments elsewhere around the world want to talk about giving you those rights. Well, yeah, you can do that now. You have that right. We have a set of values that are self-evident that says they come from your creator. Whether you believe in God. Whether you believe in Allah. Whether you believe in Buddha. Whether you believe in a stone. Whether you believe in Mother Nature. But you are born with those rights. And you cannot give them up. You cannot surrender them. Because they are born with you. And they are for everyone. They are timeless. Why did the American Revolution succeed where the French Revolution ended? Because of a certain set of values that France lacked. 
France was all about winning. France was all about, it sounded good at the start. Hey, France is for liberty. America went, yeah, that's good. People like Thomas Paine went, right, yeah, I'm for liberty. I'm for equality. Well, all men are created equal equality. That's the same thing. Yeah, I'm for that. Yeah, absolutely. And then they went off and said fraternity, brotherhood. And America said, no, e pluribus unum. All men are created equal. We may disagree, but we are all God's children. And those set of values, those set of Judeo-Christian values are what separated you. Where you went and fought the British. And time and time again, where you defeated the British, you didn't get revenge on them. You just rounded them up and captured them. You didn't torture them, you didn't kill them. You didn't leave them in a pile of their own blood. And you sure as hell didn't have the thing that's synonymous with the French Revolution, the guillotine. You have to have a set of morals and values and principles in society. You need a civil society. Now look at society today. Look at Christianity. Look at Christianity. It's cool to have the tattoos. Hey, John 316. Hey, it's cool to have the the Nazarene cross. It's a cool looking tattoo. But let's look at some of the values in society today of Christians. Have we, have we got any closer to ending the Christian purity test? Oh, well, you don't belong to the right religion. You're not really a Christian. Oh, well, I'm Catholic. You're Protestant. You're my enemy. And vice versa. And you know what? The only thing we, us, me, us Catholics and us Protestants can agree on is those Mormons. They're the problem. They're not the real Christians. They don't even worship Jesus. Or don't, don't talk to me about those Southern Baptists, man. They're a wacky bunch. Do we do that? Have we come any closer to actually living a a life? You know, if you read, if you don't read any other part of the Bible and you just read the four Gospels, are we any closer to actually accepting that, you know what? Jesus was just, you know, love everyone. That God's law is very simple. Love everyone. Love God. Love everyone. Do we love everyone on social media? Do we? Do we act any? Do we act nice? Just because you can insult someone and you can mock someone online, does that mean you should? I know it's fun and it's easy and hey, hey, it gets a load of likes and retweets and hey, I'm cool. I'm with the cool guy. But is that the Christian way of life? Because you're the one who says to me you're a Judeo-Christian nation. Look at Christians. Are they so much better on things like divorce? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, don't, don't go there, John. Ooh. Well, I'm going there. Are, are Christians better on divorce? Are Christians better on cheat, cheating? Are Christians living a moral lifestyle? Do you think, do you know many Christians who wouldn't screw you or stab you in the back for extra money or more promotions if they didn't get the chance? A promotion at work? You want to talk about being a Judeo-Christian nation? We need to start actually getting to that point. Not as America, but as the world. And as Christians. Because this cause is much bigger. Who sets the morals and boundaries in society today? Because so many people base their morals and values off what government says. Because when we started this conversation, how many times do you start a discussion over some principle? And the first question is, well, is it legal? Is it legal? Is that the first question that comes up with? How about, is it right? Is it moral? Is it morally right or morally wrong? Screw if it's legal. And this is where I want to share two stories with you on the opposite side. Firstly, story of Bonhoeffer. As the story goes, Bonhoeffer's in Nazi Germany, and he's a pastor, if you don't know who he was. And he's in a concentration camp as a prisoner. And he's wearing his full priest gear. 
And he's sitting on the bed reading his Bible. And another priest, as the door is open, and passes by and sees him and double takes and goes back. And he goes, my God, pastor, why are you, what did you do to find yourself in this situation? And as the story goes, Bonhoeffer replies to him and says, that's not the question. The question is, what did you do to remain out there? If we're accepting our morals and our values and our principles over what is legal, at one point slavery was legal. Did that make slavery okay? At one point you, in certain countries, you couldn't criticize your government. Does that make not criticizing government and saying you can't criticize your government okay? Does it? Or is it morally wrong both times? Because you cannot compel people to be silent. And slavery, you cannot infringe on someone else's rights and say, I own you. We have a question, and a question that faces each man, woman, and child for our future. Who sets the moral values in society? Because right now, you are on a course that I know only too well because it's the course I have lived my whole life in and I have studied in Europe. You are on the course of man's law. And man's law will always change. It goes with the wind. It's like a paper bag in the wind. Whatever way that wind blows, baby, that bag is going with it. And nothing, it will be based on nothing bar that wind. And sure, it may suit you at times and it will go against you at others. But the only way you have principles, if you make this about nature's law and nature's God. Because the second thing is, again, to rob, go back to where we started this. Just because you can say something doesn't mean you should. Anyone can be a jackass on Twitter or a jackass on Facebook or on social media in society. Anyone can do it. Anyone can mock anyone else. That doesn't mean you should. say this show has got you all fired up and I'm sure there's times in, during this show you've disagreed with me. If you do, please drop me a line on social media. I'm on Twitter, Freedom Disciple, on Facebook, Jonathan Dunn 58 Let me know. I love engaging with you. I've had people tell me I'm wrong for the last couple of weeks and that's that's cool. I, I love in, engaging with you. And I cannot wait. I'm going to be in your country in next month in February. I cannot wait. I'm confirmed to be in Tulsa. I'm confirmed to be in Dallas, uh, Houston, San Antonio, I feel like I'm forgetting somewhere, Palestine, I think that's it, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be around Dallas, Tex, or Texas and Oklahoma, uh, if you want to meet up, um, or you want to come to some of the events I'm at, I'm going to be speaking about American exceptionalism, going into what we do this every week on this show, but yeah, if you want to come and meet, and uh, I'd love to meet you all and have a chat and get to see you face to face, but yeah, drop me a line on social media and I'll give you the dates and the times. And we'll be publicizing them closer to the time as well. And maybe get a few Facebook Lives on as well. I want to talk to you about following on from one more principle. Because I want to talk to you about conservative media. And I want to talk to you about media in your country and around the world. And very important media. Before I do, I want to make one thing pretty clear. What I'm about to say, there are some of you, and I already know who some of you are. Who will try and make this about one person. Or make this about a few people. I don't make, if you listen to this show from day one and you followed my work, 
I'm not the calling out type. I'm not going to make things rivaling. I'm not going to, hey, you. And Because I, I know how people act. I've met some people. I've, I know the stories. It's not my job to share them. I know some good people. I know some really bad people in this industry. This is not about anyone in particular. This is about principles. I have no interest in getting in a he said, she said with someone else. Other people want to do that because it gets ratings and it gets attention. And then, you know, well, I'm going on John's side and I'm on so-and-so's side and I hate you. I have no interest in that. But certain things have happened over the last couple of weeks that have made me think about this. And it fits in perfectly to what we've been speaking about today. I want you to look around at everyone that you watch and you listen on social media. Who influences you? And ask yourself, what is important to you? Who do you support? Who, what shows do you listen to? What networks do you watch? Who do you never miss? Because conservative media has a lot of potential. It really does. But there's also a lot of pitfalls in it. Because I want to talk to you about some of the hosts and ask you some principal questions about some of the hosts that you listen to. Do the hosts that you listen to have any class? Because there's a lot of hosts out there who I know behind the scenes don't. What do they actually want to do? Are they there to be your echo chamber? Are they there to give you the confirmation bias? Are they there just to tell you everything you already know? Or are they there to push you into a corner? And even if you agree to disagree, but make you find out where you stand on every issue. Are you learning something? Because I know many shows who are very successful and they have a great time. But do you learn anything? You know, there was a network I used to be connected with. And its last podcaster stopped podcasting a couple of, I think about a week and a half ago. I know a lot of those people at the thing because... Truth behold, full declaration, I hired a lot. I, I hired all of them, actually. And while I didn't agree with every one of them on every issue, in fact, there were lots of disagreements, you know what? It didn't matter. I saw people trying to make a difference. This industry is filled with people who want to make you laugh and want to tell you what you want to hear. The simple test for this is just think of any principle that is important to you. And look back at that person and what they have said on that issue. Have they remained consistent? Because right now in your culture, right now, you've got to be honest. And this is the same in Ireland, in England, in Europe, everywhere, in Australia. Everyone wants confirmation. We want to listen to people who will tell us what we already know. Do you, does anyone want to be challenged? Does anyone want to be able to say, hey, this is where I stand, and I will let the chips fall where they may? That I am consistent. You know, not to brag, but I I haven't changed. I have changed so many ways in my lifestyle. But when it comes to what I talk about and my focus each and every week on this show, it hasn't changed. It is the exact same when Donald Trump was president and it's the same as when Obama was president. It was the same when Romney was running for office. It was the same when John McCain was running for the office. When I was writing, when I was talking. Everything I do is based around certain principles. Nature's law, nature's God, the Constitution, America exceptionism, freedom, limited government, federalism, free markets. Have I changed? Because if I have, let me know. 
Maybe I'm blind. Maybe I'm just biased towards myself, but I haven't changed. And I won't change. I don't care who wins in 2020. Heck, I'll go even further. I don't care who's president in 2030, 2040. Chances are I'll still be here behind this microphone. Maybe for the blaze, please God, or maybe for someone else, but I'll be, or maybe myself. But I'll still be talking to you about why America was exceptional, why those ideas were critical. Can other people say the same? How many people have changed? How many people are there just to make a laugh? How many people are there to put others down? Again, we spoke about being a a Judeo-Christian nation. If someone is ignorant, what is your job? What is your responsibility to them? Let's say something is totally wrong and someone has an opinion that is totally factually wrong. What's What's your reaction to them? Because today with social media, where everyone can garner such a great following, and everyone is addicted to those likes, those hits, those retweets, those interactions... How many people just mock them? Oh, you'll get a meme. You'll get a gif. Oh, you know, you get a great put down and it'll be retweeted loads of times. How many people actually sit down and go, hey, listen, I'd love to talk to you about this. This is why I think you're wrong. Can I show you this? Can I, let, can I ask you some questions for you to think about yourself? Here's some principles to think about. How many actually do that? Now, am I saying that if you did that, the world would change? No. It will require you banging your head off a brick wall. I know because I do it on a regular basis. It's frustrating. But what's your duty? What's your responsibility to that person? Is it to condemn them? Yes, I said condemn them to that life of ignorance. Or is it a case of, you know what, we got to reach out and help people. We got to inspire people. We got to encourage them to go, you know what? We, there's another choice. And that is how we make changes. But also I'd ask you, what do you want out of people? And I say this as someone who has been around people behind the scenes a long time. If there is someone you like and you support, please follow them. Please encourage them. Because there are people who have quit this industry that I know that I consider friends over the last several months. Some have left for different reasons. But this is, a, in many ways, a tankless job. Because no one ever tells you how, you know, I, I really learned something from you. No one ever encourages you. I'm different, I'm, I'm different and I'm blessed because I'm not doing this for a career. I'm doing this because I want to help. Because I'm in a financial situation with my Irish job and you all know my plans to get over there and volunteer. I, I can't earn money in your country. So, you know what, I'm not doing this say, you know what, I want this to be a career and I want you all to, you know, get as many subscribers and listen to the show and then if I get a certain amount, people will advertise and then I get money. I'm in a position where I don't need that. Thank God. There are other people who are not in that. There are people in this industry who are good, honest people who want to make a difference but want to make this their career. Help them. Am I saying abandon the people who make you laugh? Hell no. You listen to who you want. But understand that if you really want to change, if you're really worried about the conservative movement or the libertarian movement or the freedom movement or the Republican Party movement, and you actually care about principles, support those who actually make you question yourself. Support those who make you think. Subscribe to their shows. Share their shows. Share them just as much as you share the the jokes and the memes. Be a positive influence in society. Introduce them privately. And if I'm blessed to be one of those shows, thank you. 
please subscribe on, on all the platforms. We're releasing a show every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, OmniFM, Player FM, um, Spotify. And if you happen to live on, listen on iTunes, please leave a review. It helps our algorithm and gets us to listen to new listeners. I, I really appreciate it. But support those people. Because sometimes, and I, I, can, I can testify to this, there are times when I do this show Thursday night. It gets released on a Saturday. It's like talking into an empty box sometimes. I feel them. And I'm blessed with you guys. You guys interact with me a lot, privately. But other people don't get that. So if there's someone you listen to, support them, encourage them. Because here's what's going to happen. If you don't, and I'm not playing a guilt trip, this is not for me, this is for other people. This is for writers as well. There'll be plenty of people who'll tell you you suck. And one by one, those good people, ever how many they are, will quit. And this movement, whether you like it or not, has a lot of bad people in it. There are a lot of people in the conservative quote-unquote movement who are as dumb as a box of rocks. I know because I've met them. Now, people will say, well, John, release names. It's not my job. You have to do your own homework. It's obvious who they are. If you look at what they say, if you look at how they act, there are people who have people writing stuff for them all the time and giving them stuff to say, and then they just ad-lib. There are people who are make great are producers bad by the way no i know producers they're really good at what they do they add stuff to the show but not do the whole show all they do is follow a list of points there are also people in this movement who are only out for two things fame and money that's all they want because if you look around how do people treat their followers their listeners Are they there just to gratify themselves, make themselves feel good and go, hey, I have all these people listening to me. How awesome am I? And it's a big ego trip. And if you're not important, they dismiss you. Because there's lots of people. Some of them have worked in the blaze in the past. I've no problem admitting that. I remember meeting a fellow podcaster at the blaze at CPAC. I introduced who I was and just didn't have any interest. Just ignored me and walked away. You'll know people how they act. Discern who the good people are and support them. Discern who the people are who make you believe stuff. Support them if you can. Because if you don't, and this is not a guilt trip, one by one they'll go away, and all you'll be left with is the bad people, the people who will go with the wind, the people who will tell you the confirmation bias of what you want to hear, and the people who will just be go for the long for the ride. And if there's no one to make you think, what happens? Because for me, this is so much bigger. It's about freedom. It's about a battle of liberty versus tyranny. And right now, freedom's on the ropes. And if we're going to overcome this, which I believe we will, I believe you're about to see a new awakening. Because you can see people going, you know what? Things are not right. You're looking at what's happening overseas in Brexit. People are angry. People are upset. If we make the case, not through force, not through guilt, not through pressure, but through persuasion. If we make the case for freedom and not attach it to a certain party. We're like, I don't like the Republican Party or I don't like the Democratic Party or I don't like the Tea Party. But if we actually just make it about principles, 
we can succeed and once again, truths can become self-evident. But this is not about one man or one woman or even one network. This is about a movement. This is what I believe needs to happen. Christians need to lead it. Republicans need to lead it. Democrats need to lead it. If you're in your party still. The old Kennedy Democrats. Conservatives need to lead it. We need to make it about self-evident truths. That all men are created equal. And let's start with the Bill of Rights. Let's start with the Declaration of Independence. Is it going to be easy? No. Is it going to be hard? Yes. But here's where I bring you right back to America's start founding. It's easy to remember and reminisce about history, about how easy it was. The Declaration of Independence was hard to write. The Constitution was even harder. You declared your independence in 1776. It wasn't a case of you won the Revolutionary War in a few weeks, or heck, even a few months, and then the Constitution was born. The Revolutionary War took years. The Constitution took 11 years to write and get ratified after you declared your independence. And in the Bill of Rights, the first 10 took another four years. That is how long sometimes things take. If we just make this about constantly the next election, the next election, we're never going to change anything. We're just going to be up in the air blowing with the bags of what's popular, what's convenient, what's a winning issue. We need to be the people. We can be involved in politics. If that's your passion, go get the conservative people or, or go get the Republican leader or whatever you want to do and get them elected. Cool. If you want to get the state senate or the state house or the governor, go for it. I'm not saying don't do that. But it needs to be a two-pronged effort. We need to make the case for freedom. We need to make the case for nature's law and nature's God. I hope this show has made you think that is all I ever want to do and I hope it's made you inspire, be inspired. Please get in touch with people that you listen to, that you read because there is good people in this industry. It's just filled with bad ones. You can either focus on the bad or you can focus on the good. I choose to focus on the good. Support those in need. Help them. Encourage them. Inspire them. Tell them their efforts are not for nothing and make sure those good people do not quit. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, please subscribe whatever platform you listen on, 12 noon Eastern every week, every Saturday, and please leave a review on iTunes. We salute your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. And most importantly, I salute you, the great American people. Remember, another coordinate foundational stone, America is great because Americans are good. You're not great because of Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi or Paul Ryan or Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell. You're not great because of any president or any parliament. You're great because of your people. And your people will change America again and you will change the world again if you believe in the foundational principles of freedom. Have a beautiful week and God bless America. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.